is Down by the Bank, episode 12. This is Corey. Hey guys, it's Derek. We were joined earlier this week by Zach Goodall of Big Cat Country and discussed the Gus Bradley hot seat. Um, since you were out of town on business, being a sophisticated business person and Stop weren't it. able to <laughs> making that money and uh, weren't able to join, uh, just want to get your thoughts on Gus and the kind of the, the fan outrage after that last game. You know, uh, rightfully so. Um, that loss was very disappointing by the Chargers. You know, enough is enough. Um, you know, uh, good all the big cat country on that, uh, on the podcast she did earlier this week. He had some really great points. Um, and you know, we're, we're tired of, you know, I made a stupid little joke about Full House and Devon House and valuable lessons. But in reality, we're tired of learning valuable lessons. It's time for W's. Um, we're not getting them. And when you have a, a loss, like we suffered with charges or not charges, excuse me, Packers week one. Hey, the team showed fight. I can take that L. It's more heartbreaking, but I can take that L. But to take one like we did to Phillip Rivers when he was missing his two most targeted receivers and playmakers, his top two, he, he both were out of the game. And we got shredded. And it's definitely not because of talent. Talent is definitely not the reason why. So uh, we, we that so that seat is as hot as a frying pan for him right now. And we got another tough opponent coming up uh, with Ravens. And so I hope he I hope he's got a game plan and, and got rid of some of the communication breakdowns they've had because they're going to need everything they have. Yeah, absolutely. And since you mentioned Zach, just to give him some quick props, uh, again, real sharp guy, uh, you know, for how young he is, he does a great job. So definitely check out his stuff. Um, we linked it on the last episode. Um, so would you say he actually had a pinned tweet on his account? Uh, if your team hashtag fire Gus, are you team hashtag fire Gus or, or what? Oh, man. <laughs> In week two. <laughs> I'm on life support. I'm on life support. And I mean, like, the priest is here and we're in the room and he's distributing the last rites because <laughs> that's a dramatic, uh, dramatic yeah. uh, analogy. Go ahead. Yeah. Cause it's, it, it, it's, it's bad. It's really bad um, to have those types of breakdowns uh, in communication and coaching. Um, we'll get to a couple points uh, here in a second of what I mean about that coaching piece of it. But yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Well, and so we kind of discussed also like a midseason replacement and long-term replacement if, um, you know, Gus were fired. Uh, obviously our hope is that the team will do better and we'll start winning again. You know, obviously that's the, the goal. Um, so if we have a good, really good showing in Baltimore and we can kind of tone down that, that outrage and the, and the fire, uh, Gus hashtag, I'm all for that, honestly. Um, but hypothetically, if we continue the trend, because it is a trend, I mean, his record's been pretty bad the entire, uh, four years that he's been here, just is what it is. Um, let's say hypothetically that Shaw does pull the trigger. Um, you know, he had mentioned Doug Marone as a, as a potential candidate to, to, you know, be that replacement for the rest of the year. Would you agree with that sentiment? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, head coaching experience. Um, definitely a guy that's respected in the league. So, uh, I definitely could see that. Um, and you never know with uh, new, new leadership what happens. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, that would be, that would be my choice. Okay. And then for long term, he mentioned Todd Haley, who, by the way, 
I only recently figured this out, is a UNF graduate, hashtag swoop for all my Ospreys out there, um, which is really cool. I did had no idea. I know of him and I know of Sarah Wall. She's the, I think she's on SportsCenter and ESPN as two prominent sports figures from UNF. Um, but, uh, Todd Haley, you know, I didn't really think about it prior to, to talking with, with him, but the more I've Googled him and the more I've looked up about him, um, I don't know. I, I could see that if, if, if we end up having a long-term, uh, long-term opening, what do you think? Yeah, no, he, uh, he definitely, the, the Cardinals, uh, had some success with him. You know, he, he bumped some head with some of the heads with some of the players. Uh, but, uh, he definitely had some success with the Cardinals, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense has made a complete U-turn and it's one of the more dangerous, if not one of the most dangerous passing and running attacks in the league, just so balanced. Um, but yeah, he, he's a kind of a disciple of the, uh, Bill Parcells tree. So, you know, he's got the, the pedigree and basically the, the resume to, 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 to do the job if, if, if he were a candidate and we're looking to become one. So, you know, I'd be, uh, I, I gotta agree with, uh, uh, Zach on that too, that, you know, that would, that would be a nice, uh, nice candidate. Yeah, and so we'll put this behind us after this, this little point in the podcast forever, forever and ever. Chargers game, we'll revisit it one last time, just because you weren't able to uh, to join the last episode. Not that we didn't talk, you know, that we didn't talk that much about it, but um, final thoughts on the Chargers game, and then we're gonna leave that behind forever. Okay, um, Telvin played his butt off. Again, he must not be a practice player. He definitely is a gamer. He's a gamer. He's an Iverson. You know, we talking about practice. No, we ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice. Yeah, he's a gamer. So, yeah. you know, hats off to him, and uh, hopefully he keeps up. Uh, great job with uh, Paz. I know a lot of the fans, uh, a lot of social media uh, interaction, Twitter, saying that, you know, he doesn't have it, he can't cover. Look. A lot of those, if not all of them, when he got beat was not his fault. There's no way in the world he should be covering Travis Benjamin. Okay. That's on the coaching staff. If they, if the Chargers coaching staff can dictate their setup and their plays to match up their fastest receiver with our middle linebacker, that's not on Puzz. He probably tried to call timeout. We don't know. You know, but it, unfortunately it happened. And if it were, if it were us matched up against Tao and we had Marquise Lee on Tao, then we would have done the same thing. So remember I talked about earlier, uh, Chargers using trip formations, mm-hmm. uh, three receivers left or right side to dictate coverage and try and get that inside guy matched up on a linebacker. Right. And, you know, they, they did it. And, but don't blame Puzz for, for those, uh, for those uh, plays. Also, don't blame him for the, the, the drag route. I know we stink at drag route coverages. We can't cover them to save our life. And you would have thought that the coaching staff would have seen it already. But we got burnt bad by Williams on one because Devon House was in La La Land. Right. Again, I know we saw Puzz chasing the guy down. That's because Puzz was the first one to see it. Probably technically Telvin was first because he had his hands out like, what the heck are you doing, Devon? But um. Yeah. Don't blame him. So we we should back off of him because he he is our he's our captain on defense. He's uh you know pretty been uh he was one of the few players last Sunday that was able to tackle Melvin Gordon by himself. Yeah. So and actually licked him a couple you know two or two or three times pretty good. So he can still play. 
But coaching needs to pick up if, you know, you need to call a timeout. Third and 12, get them off the field. You know, whatever they have to do, that's coaching. And you're right. Well, where is Miles Jack? Well, we don't know that. And they're being real tight-lipped on that right now. But that's coaching. It's just that's all it sums up to. There's no no talent, no coaching, period. We know know back off of of Puzz – because Ludney is kind of a uh, controversial stance to take on Twitter, so you might want to watch out. You might start getting some uh, some hate tweets soon. <laughs> you know, if I couldn't prove that, then I wouldn't have said it. But yeah. I can prove it on two or three plays in that Chargers game, one being that drag route. That wasn't his fault. Matched up on Benjamin. That was not his fault. So they need they, – it, 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 I know that's what they see. It's it's the definition like Baselli talks about. You know, you guys, you watch it on TV. And I'm a spectator, too. I'm nobody special, you know. But we watch it on television. But do you really see how that happened? Yeah, that's true. And then you mentioned Miles Jack. Um, actually, on Jaguars Monday with him, uh, Baselli and uh, Prisco, it's actually, like, my favorite show to listen to, by the way. Like, the banter between them is really funny. But Baselli yeah. had a... Uh, kind of a theory or I guess he had heard from somebody in, in the grapevine as to why Miles Jack wasn't playing. And I'll kind of have to go back and re-listen to it. I believe he said that it had something to do with his weight. And I don't know if he was insinuating that he was out of shape or maybe he uh, gained weight since he was in college, like muscle-wise, and maybe that slowed him down. I mean, I'm not sure. But him and Prisco both, and I think even J.P. Shadrick had made a point of saying, like, he just looked physically different than he did at UCLA. And so uh, you just wonder, maybe... I don't think that he would mention that on the air unless there was a little bit of credibility to that. You know what I mean? Well... You got to remember too. He hasn't really played any true meaningful football since he got hurt. Right. So he's been sitting for a while. You know, who knows? Is he in the best shape? Do they want him to get bigger? Do they want him to get smaller? You know, I don't, who knows? The point is, we won't know until we get him on the field, until they they decide to put him in the game in a meaningful down and see what he can do. So. At the end of the day, you know, hopefully they, they figure something out soon. Right now, the whole notion about him starting over Telvin and all that, you can throw that out the window because Telvin has been our best player on defense so far. Yeah. So we can throw it out the window. So they got to find something else. And there's that's when coaching comes into play again. Make packages for him, special situations. Hey, take a crack at it. Third and 18, what do you have to lose? We've got beat on third and 18 all the time. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? That's what it sounds like we're doing. Right. So put him in. See what happens. You never know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe after a couple of weeks, if we keep losing, we'll have no uh, no choice but to try a couple things like that. But, again, that's not what we want. We want to win. I want Gus to keep his job. I want to be successful. Uh, we're going to stay positive. Um, and, uh, you know, throw that behind us. Let's look ahead to Sunday, Baltimore Ravens game. Um, hopefully Greg Olson draws up a play just like last year. Defensive penalty gives us an extra down at the end of the game for Jason Myers to kick a game-winning field goal. Let's draw that same uh, play up. That was real creative. I've never seen that before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's get away from the screens. Let's go back to that kind of cool stuff, all right? That was exciting. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but in anticipation for the game, 
Uh, we actually did record an interview uh, with Bill Laricos of the Baltimore Beatdown uh, Ravens blog, um, part of SB Nation, to talk Jaguars and Ravens. And uh, we'll go ahead and play that interview now for you. All right, so we are joined by Bill Laricos from Baltimore Beatdown, a Baltimore Ravens blog. Bill, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We really appreciate you taking the time. And kind of just to get started, you know, obviously we're interviewing you in anticipation for the Jags-Ravens game uh, coming up here on Sunday. But um, tell us a little bit about, you know, how long you've been with uh, the Baltimore Beatdown site and kind of uh, how long you've been in writing. I uh, began writing for the Beatdown uh, uh, around January. They asked me to be a writer. I had been a, a frequent commenter, um, and then uh, they promoted me to editor in July, I believe. And uh, we have a great community. I highly recommend our site. We uh, we focus on the Ravens as well as league-wide topics, fantasy football, etc., all right. So kind of just to get started again, we're, you know, anticipating the uh, Jaguars and Ravens game this coming Sunday, you know, Jacksonville's 0 and 2. So we are desperately looking for a win at all costs. Um, definitely a lot of pressure on Gus Bradley to, uh, not only win this game, but, um, I don't know. I think he really needs to win a game handedly at this point to kind of win back the fans because I don't know if you've heard much about Jacksonville's situation, but Gus Bradley is on the hottest seat that ever has existed probably right now. Um, there were some statistics that we threw out on our last episode that um, he actually has like either the first or the second most losses for a coach that's coached 50 games in NFL history. Um, so uh, mm. definitely uh, <laughs> definitely not a good situation. Um, but just kind of like to catch up the, the Jaguars fans that are listening on, on Baltimore, um, how has the, the left side of the Ravens offensive line held up, you know, starting two rookies, uh, you know, Ronnie Stanley, um, who was held out of practice on Wednesday, and Alex Lewis? Uh, to be honest with you, as, as well as can be expected for two inexperienced rookies, um, Stanley in particular has been impressive in the first two games in pass protection. Uh, he's only given up a few pressures. Lewis, on the other hand, has allowed a few QB hits. Um, but considering he's changing positions as a rookie, um, the Ravens fans are pretty pleased now, uh, Stanley should be okay to play on Sunday. At least that's word out of Baltimore on Wednesday. His foot injury appears to be minor. The offensive line, you know, is huge, obviously. And uh, I'm thoroughly impressed to, to have two rookies on the backside, you know, for, for Flacco. Um, and, you know, no real, you know, pressures or sacks. I mean, there's been a couple, like you just said, but that that's impressive in my opinion. Um and, and, you know, with that line, you know, the, the running game, um, you guys so far, uh, you got four set that signed that got cut, then re-signed a few days later. <laughs> uh, for us, the Jag, Jag Nation, we're, we're kind of really, uh, worried about our running game, but what about, what about Ravens fans and, and the Ravens community out there? Is there, uh, any kind of, uh, I wish we could run the ball a little bit more effectively, uh, cause you don't have any rushing touchdowns through the first two games. Uh, running the ball is a, is a major concern right now. Uh, Ravens fans know that three yards of carry is not going to, to get, take the Ravens where they need to go this season. Um, it's been a combination of factors. The play calling from, uh, coordinator Mark Tressman, it's been a little unusual. A lot of running out of the shotgun, pitches to the outside that haven't been working as well. 
Justin Forsett has been picking the wrong holes at times. It's, it's really a combination. And the center, Jeremy Zuta, has struggled so far this year. He's a veteran, but he's been getting bullied by some of the bigger uh, nose tackles in, that they've faced so far. Yeah, I think play calling is something we uh, don't want to discuss right now. <laughs> That's another reason. With the, well, with the Jaguars, like the big thing right now is uh, we're getting ripped. Uh, well, it's specifically the offensive coordinator for all the screen passes and the plays behind the, you know, starting at the line of scrimmage. And so like play calling, that's another hot topic over here as well right now. I would imagine all 32 teams. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, um, you know, Joe Flacco, he does have that new deep threat in Mike Wallace. And uh, through the first two weeks, he's kind of scored all three of the Ravens uh, touchdowns. So uh, you got some instant chemistry there. Like, what are the thoughts on that new connection? It really is instant chemistry, really since minicamp and all the way through the offseason, through training camp. Every day uh, seemed that Wallace was catching long passes. And when you look at it, the skill sets uh, of each player suit them. You know, they they go hand in hand. Wallace is a burner, and Flacco has one of the biggest, strongest arms in the league. I think uh, Wallace is also benefiting from the attention paid to Steve Smith Sr., um, as well as a couple of the other younger receivers that the Ravens have coming up. So uh, they're off to a great start. We hope they can keep it up. I think they're on pace for 24 touchdowns this year Mike Wallace <laughs> that would be nice yeah it's huge uh I, I know uh, in, in a couple years past in the red zone uh Dennis Pitta will always came up for you guys and first two games I look back and see Ravens you know highlights I've watched uh like first half of the Cleveland game although it wasn't too great uh you know I, I was like wow they you know teams are paying attention to Pitta and Flacco's just instantly got Mike Wallace like ready to go and he's He's, uh, you know, that's a great connection to have. Definitely. And Pitta, Pitta's another one. Flacco and Pitta are best friends off the field, and the chemistry carries right over. It was great to have him back on the fold after after a couple of hip injuries. Turning here a little bit to the defense, uh, you guys have remained stout through the first two games, uh, have some little minor nicks with the linebacking core, and besides the 85-yard touchdown run you give to Crowell, I mean, if you take that out, the Browns had nothing all day with the running game. So, what do you what do you think you uh, you know attribute that to? Is that you know just uh, maybe some veteran leadership coming in with Weddle finally getting a little bit healthier? Because I know Suggs has been dealing with some injuries the last few years. Yes, definitely Weddle. Weddle has done a great job shoring up communication in the secondary on the back end, which has plagued the Ravens the last two or three seasons. And absolutely, Terrell Suggs, he's the emotional leader on defense. Um, he, he's been around the block and missing him last year, he went down in game one. That was, uh, really one of the biggest factors. But they also have some young players stepping up, uh, Timmy Jernigan, uh, a, a, uh, three tech, uh, Michael Pierce, an undrafted nose tackle. So they are being pretty stout on the line. And they also have some more speed at linebacker. They replaced Daryl Smith with Zachary Orr who is a, a faster, um, up-and-coming linebacker. Uh, and Jimmy Smith as well, he's regaining his form. Um, he had he suffered a Liz Frank foot sprain that required surgery, uh, and he is finally rounding back into form at about a year after a year and a half after the surgery. That, 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 wet, that Weddle move is, is huge. I thought last week with San Diego missing Weddle that we would have some success, obviously not, and now we go up against the team that he plays for, so it definitely is a concern. 
the Ravens have, have pitched a shutout in the second half of both of the first two games. Uh, oh, wow. But we also have to consider the level of competition. The Jaguars will certainly be the, the best offense they've faced so far. Right. Well, and you mentioned uh, Timmy Jernigan, um, you know, year three, I think he already has two sacks. Um, you know, he's had, uh, I guess, eight total in the first two seasons. So obviously he's kind of started out um, and turned a corner in year three. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on him? And uh, I believe based on the article I read from Mike Kay, kind of one of our local uh, beat writers for the Jaguars, that uh, Luke Jokel and Brandon Lender will be most responsible for blocking him. So, you know, what do you think about Jernigan's, uh, you know, turning the corner and uh, how much of an impact do you think he'll have in this game? Well, he certainly has turned the corner. Uh, I think it's a maturity uh, thing. He's just become more mature, more consistent on and off the field. He's a very athletic big man. He can shoot the gaps as opposed to the Ravens' big nose tackle, Brandon Williams, who's more of a classic two-gap run plugger. Uh, Jernigan gets a lot more pressure. Um, but he's just the prototypical three-tech. I'm a, full disclosure, I'm a Florida State fan, so I've been following Jernigan. <laughs> hey, hey, all right. Sorry to interrupt you, Bill, but I had to say that. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, oh, Derek, Derek's, Derek's a Florida State guy. so All right. I wish we uh, had Jalen Ramsey on the Ravens. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh man, he he has been a uh, kind of a breath of fresh air. Uh, we're not used to many players talking on or off the field, and I guess you can kind of say that that swag or that you know that 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 energy that you need uh, as a player. Um, I, I say this all the time: jerks don't uh, jerks win Super Bowls. Nice guys mm-hmm. don't. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of like, uh, Ramsey almost seems like he would have been like a perfect Baltimore Raven. He seems like he fits that whole vibe that they have going on there. Yes, absolutely. That's actually what got me started writing for, uh, the beatdown. The, the former editor in chief asked me to write an article about Ramsey because he knew I was a Florida State fan and he would have been a perfect cheat. He has that, he has that alpha personality. You know, you can just, he just, he just dripping with swagger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And one thing uh, he's definitely become, and I don't know if you have a Twitter account, but he's become one of our top follows because he certainly talks trash on there. Although I will say mm-hmm. week two, I, I think he's been pretty much silent. I don't think anything's come out after that last game. Yeah, nothing should nothing should come out after that last game. They really should be focused on, on the Ravens because they got a tall task coming up here. Yeah. Um, as far speaking of corners, uh, going to the Ravens corners, um, uh, what, what do, you know? What do they have any depth at the position? Uh, obviously, I, I know the familiar names: uh, Jimmy Smith, Sharice uh, Wright. But besides those two, um, any, any other depth at the position? Because uh, the Jags do like to go in a lot of three receiver sets. Um, a lot, obviously, a nickel for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ravens actually have better depth than they have over recent seasons, especially a cornerback. Now. A lot of that depth has not proven themselves to this point. They have a rookie by the name of Tavon Young that has been starting as their slot corner or their nickel corner. And uh, he will certainly have his hands full with uh, Marquise Lee and Rashard Green. Um, they also have a Will Davis, who's a, a young, inexperienced player who's shown flashes but was a uh, deactivated for, the, for game two last week. Then they have a pair of long developmental corners, uh, Maurice Kennedy as well as Sheldon Price. Uh, so they have some depth, but we don't know how well they'll play when the bright lights are on. Uh, Charisse Wright on Alan Hearns. 
I think that's a very con- that should be a concerning matchup for Ravens fans. Uh, Wright was burned by co- rookie Corey Coleman last week, and he, he has struggled. And Hearns is certainly uh, someone I'm worried about. You know, the one thing that concerns me, Bill, um, just staying on the defense here one quick second, is the fact that with our play calling and some of the, you know, the screens they try and run and the things they try and do, Mosley, Suggs, Weddle, Webb, you know, Jernigan, as big as he is, he's actually very fast. Um, mm-hmm. That's a that's a big concern to me, especially now that we've lost um, our uh, Beecham, you know, to the concussion. And he mm-hmm. doesn't seem like he's going to play this week. Uh, you guys is front you know, front seven and then Weddle coming down in safety position. I definitely am concerned about that. Mm-hmm. That's that's traditionally been Ravens football, swarm to the ball, uh, gang tackling, and they've gotten away from that the last few years. A defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, is uh, on the hot seat to some extent in Baltimore. But so far, it's through two games, two big wins. Can't doesn't get much better than that as, as a team gets people healthy and, and comes together. Tons of good information. Um, I can't wait for uh, you know a lot of the Jags fans to be able to listen to this. Uh, some good information. So we really appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us. And um, any final thoughts for the game? Anything that uh, you wanted to tell Jaguars fans out there? Uh, we're expecting a tight game. Uh, we really are. I know the Jaguars ha- are winless at this point, but that makes them all the more dangerous. And these teams usually play themselves play each other close. Uh, preseason, I actually had this penciled in as a loss for the Ravens. So we're expecting oh. a tough game. So we'll, uh, we hope, uh, hope to pull it out, but we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, awesome. Well, we really appreciate it, Bill. Again, Bill Laricos from the Baltimore B-Town, uh, Baltimore Ravens blog. We'll be sure to, you know, throw a little link in the description and on social media so that people can find your work and they can find the site to do a little pregame reading leading up to the game. So, uh, thanks again, Bill, for joining us. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Bill. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Take care, gentlemen. All right. So that was our interview with Bill from Baltimore Beatdown. Um, Derek, any final thoughts on the interview or the game? Um, the interview was great, Bill. Uh, thank you again, uh, for, uh, being on the, uh, on the cast with us. Um, just, you know, hey guys, with this Ravens defense, um, Doomerville, Suggs, Mosley, Weddle, Webb, Jernigan, they disrupt stuff. They disrupt timing. Uh, the, the Jags, I hope they're ready because that, especially on the front seven at the point of attack, um, we got to get up and down the field. We got to spread the ball. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but if there were a team that we would run screens on, this would probably be the team. But because we run so many of them so unsuccessfully, they're probably going to be ready for them. So, yeah, so sad, too bad. Um, Weddle does a great job at veteran leadership back there uh, at the safety position. And, you know, I was uh, talking to a, a, a friend of mine, uh, JK3. Um, he, he made a point. He said, even the Jags seemed scripted well into the second half. Now, we all know that the first 15, 25 plays, however many plays there are, scripted at the beginning of the game. And then coming out of halftime, there's probably 10 plays that are scripted. But he made a good point. He seems He thinks the whole game is scripted. And as silly as that sounds, huh. he may be right huh. <laughs> because 
it's almost like, you know, in this situation, although we really need to do this, we're going to do this because this is what I have down. There's no feel. There's no adjustments to it. Right. So they better get ready to adjust or else we're going to have another Chargers game, but this time at home. And Gus, that's not what he needs. That's not <laughs> no. what coach. He doesn't need that. Last thing we need is a, a lot of uh, teal and black booing him out of that stadium. So, yeah. Well, and they might even want to omit the part where they introduce him at the very end of the introductions. So let's just leave that out just to be safe. Kind of have him sneak on the field before the fans get there and just kind of hang out on the sideline might be the best strategy. Um, yeah. and, I, and I hate to sound so anti-Gus Bradley. And I, and I know it's, like, annoying to take the he's such a cool person and good person stance. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I just – it sucks. And, and we've even said multiple times we wish the Jaguars were successful and that we were having a different conversation. But it is what it is. Um, hey, he – he better get some W's before he's X'd out. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, so so we'll look forward to that game Sunday. Um, we'll try to uh, get an instant reaction episode recorded and, and put up fairly quickly um, for you. So definitely stay tuned after the game to our social media sites so you can see when that's been posted and uploaded. And if you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes. Um, I think in iOS 10, it actually like does a little pop-up message now and shows you when our new episodes are up, which is pretty cool. Um, I know for sure if you're not an Apple user and you have Android, uh, SoundCloud definitely does that. So subscribe on SoundCloud if you don't have an iPhone. And we would really appreciate it if you are on iTunes to leave us some ratings and reviews. Um, it just helps a lot to kind of get us up there in the rankings a little bit more and and uh, and all that good stuff. So we would really appreciate it if you guys would take the time just to throw a nice little review on there or a negative review, hopefully a good review. But uh, really, I think only the good ones help. So let's just, uh, if you're thinking about putting a negative review, just forget about all that stuff I just said. <laughs> and um wanted to give a shout out to Reddit. Um actually statistically on SoundCloud's been our biggest source of listens so far. Um we just hit the thousand listen mark uh a couple days ago and Reddit's been been huge for that. So appreciate all the support on there. Um the Jaguar subreddit on Reddit's really cool. So if you guys um aren't already a Reddit user, definitely check that out. Um just Google Reddit Jaguars and there's a really good community on there. Um we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Uh, follow us both on both of those sites and um, interact a little bit. If you have a comment about an episode, leave a comment or tweet at us. And uh, maybe if you have something really cool and interesting to say, we'll read it on the air and, and maybe respond to it. Um, so thanks again for all the support. Uh, this is the end of the episode, and we will see you guys again on Sunday. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good rest of the week. See you.